Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, in, in After the uh, previous events that we've had with the flood here, we've um, invited some guests in today and we have Callum and Paul from Burstow Brokers. So welcome guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, bit of a chat today, just to give people a bit of an update on insurance, what they should know, what um, what could happen, um, and a few tips, I think, for the future. Yes, welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited about today's episode because I think insurance is one of those topics that a lot of people just push aside. We know we need it. Um, most people have it. Um, however, we really don't understand it. And I think that what we need to do is really unpack insurance today especially off the back of the recent flood event. There's so many, um, you know, useful tips that I think we're going to get today from Callum and Paul, things that consumers need to be aware of. Um, And I think this is really relevant given the recent flood in Brisbane because a lot of people simply don't understand whether they are covered, if they are covered, whether they have enough cover, um, what the definitions within the policy might be. So hopefully throughout the episode today, we'll be able to pull out a lot of that information so people have a better understanding of what type of insurance they may need um, and also, you know, what policy definitions might um, be captured within an individual's insurance policy. So... Following on from obviously the, the recent flood event, which I think was now, I'm trying to remember, it's about a month ago now. Two I think. and a half weeks ago. Was it? <laughs> feels, <laughs> it feels like a It feels like a while ago. Um, what impact do you think it's probably going to have on the availability for insurance for impacted properties? Well, we know that the, the availability of flood cover is going to decrease uh, with insurers dramatically and the prices are going to go up. Um, that's just a given. Whether the government steps in and um, underwrites a lot of it with insurers is yet to be seen, and it's a little bit different in every state, but that might ease the pain, but it's definitely going north. So will it go north on all properties or just properties affected by the flood? Well, definitely the properties that have been affected in those areas, um, without a doubt. Um, And then you'll see... Uh, are probably a five to ten percent rise across the board on all 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 home and contents policies. Can I actually ask and unpack that a little bit more? So, if there's going to be you know increases across all policies, can we just sort of break down the building policy versus the contents policy? Because if we think about investors, for example, having an increase in premiums um, is going to impact on the net investment return. Is it likely that we'll see an increase for the landlord um, for the building policy as well as for the tenant and therefore tenants might be less likely to want to, you know, rent out properties that are flood impacted? Do you want to have a go at that? Yeah, so we were already seeing price increases over the past two years. I've seen them go up a fair bit from 5% to 30% in some cases and just with the increased frequency of all the severe weather events we've had across Australia. So it's not just Brisbane. If a big weather event happens, you know, in Victoria and it affects one insurer, they're going to increase their premiums across their board just to try and recoup the, <coughs> recoup the cost, sorry. 
So five to 30% increase in premiums. And what you're suggesting is even if the event happens in one location in Australia, it may impact people across all of Australia that that work with that insurer. That's right. And to answer your question about landlords, about the tenants will definitely be paying more Mm. insurance for their contents cover. As well. As well, because they're living in that property. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The actually landlords will be paying more premium Mm. and so will the tenants. It's just, it's going to happen. So increased costs for landlords, increased costs for tenants that do choose to insure their property. Um, Obviously, you know, big climate change events like this can impact all of us then, not just those that are, you know, in flood affected properties, but you're also saying that the premiums might, you know, creep up for all of us to cover the cost of the the work as well. Especially in Brisbane, you have the hail, big hail storms that can happen. We saw that a couple of years ago. Mm, yeah. So, you know, you're exposed to all the elements here. And um, it's going to be very important when you have your renewal to make sure you go to more than one insurer because a lot of insurers, they'll, they'll rate specific risks differently. Yeah. So you could have one insurer that goes, okay, we don't like that suburb, we don't want to do it. And then one insurer goes, okay, we will actually will write that property in that suburb so it's important that you don't just go oh here's my renewal that's what i'm paying okay i'll just renew it there just make sure you go and check because one insurer might be a lot cheaper than the other for the similar cover so it's only going to, it's going to take a lot of time for the consumer to go individually to lots of different insurance providers to check and i guess that's where a business like yours comes in because you do the hard work for the consumer in in providing options for them to consider and seeking out the best insurance based on their individual needs. And obviously that's why people would use an insurance broker as opposed to going directly um, to the the retailer. How do you see um, the insurer's, you know, policy wording changing after events like this? Do you think we're going to see any changes to policies themselves? Um, and also, can you help us understand, you know, what what some of those definitions are? And we can obviously unpack, you know, different definitions, you know, about flood and rainwater runoff and overland flow, things like that. Well, the, the policies will basically stay the same. Right, right? yeah. Um, what I would recommend highly to the consumer is that they use an advisor slash broker who's got access to all the insurers. Yeah. And that way, unless they, and also the, the, uh, an advisor who gives personal service, personal advice, right? Mm. That's the big one. Um, they, uh, a broker or an advisor that represents the client, not the insurer. Yes. Yeah. Not just on advice to erect a policy and transfer the risk to a policy, but in a claim scenario, mm. which we're at the moment. Yeah, of course. We've got 150,000 claims from Gympie to Lismore. And um, a lot of those people are underinsured, non-insured. And the ones who have a broker and advisor, you know, they don't have a problem. 150 claims from Gympie to Lismore. 1,000. Sorry, 150,000 claims from Gympie to Lismore. Thank you for correcting me there. Is that just after the most recent weather event? Correct. That's, that's amazing. And that's obviously across all insurance? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of claims that are being processed and a lot of those people are dealing directly 
with their insurer as opposed to working with a broker who is dealing with the insurer on their behalf. Correct. Yeah, that Absolutely. makes perfect sense. It's interesting that when you talk about, Callie, you mentioned about places like it, it can affect other areas. Yeah. Now, if you look at what's happened just in the last month or so, north of Brisbane, right up, you know, the, the east coast of Australia almost has been affected yeah. by this a massive rain event that's, that's hit us. You know, Sydney's been flooded. It's happened all up and down the coast. I also talk a lot to people about the cost of construction and construction costs are going up. Mm-hmm. So do, how do people then factor in things like rebuild costs and things like that when the construction costs are going up? We're getting hit by all these events and I don't want to put doom and gloom on it, but you know, it sounds like the insurance is going up, construction costs are going up. How, how do people... Do people factor in that cost of construction correctly? So it's a vital question. Yeah. Generally, when your average Australian homeowner goes to their through their insurance and they go directly online, if they're not a qualified builder, they're not going to know how much it's going to cost to rebuild their home. So what they're doing is they're going on and just throwing out numbers that they think it would cost to replace that their building. Yeah. Now, um, there's recent studies back in 2021, 2020, where they found that 23% of Australians um, don't even insure their, insure their properties. So that's, I think they worked out to be 1.8 million homes in Australia are uh, not insured at all. Yeah. Wow. And then they also go further to say that there's 80% of homeowners or tenants are underinsured. Mm. So it's a massive problem. And uh, to add what you said with the um, construction materials and all the labour going up with the shortage that we currently have, that's another thing that's affecting premiums. Yeah. Because insurers are saying, okay, we got this claim here where the house burnt down, but we can't get the materials in because it's taking longer. And in in the policies we use, there's a benefit called temporary accommodation. Mm -hmm. So if your house burns down, your, your insurer will pay for you to live somewhere else until it's rebuilt. Usually it's 12 months or 24 months. It depends on the cover that you have. And all those costs are adding up if the time it's taking to replace your building is taking longer. So that's another factor that's... And vacancy rates are really low at the moment yeah. too, especially in yeah. Brisbane. Your, your point, Scott, is vital because, uh, as Callum's just pointed out, under insurance is and how we remedy that is we do a Cordell's for every one of our clients we do an estimated Cordell's rebuilding replacement cost mm-hmm. now that's going to change mm-hmm. from a month ago to, mm-hmm. to this month going up probably with building costs as you guys know yeah. by 10 or 15 maybe 20 percent so we factor that in so when people come to us and ask us what do we insure our house for we give it to them in writing there's yep. your estimate of rebuild. Now, yep. you wouldn't believe over 90% of houses in Australia are underinsured on the building replacement. Yeah, You've got stories in these recent floods where people have insured, they pulled a figure out, say, half a million to rebuild their house, but it's actually 800,000. Well, where are they going to get the other 300,000? And that's yeah, it's a big happen. problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's so a huge problem. Under insurance, um, if you don't know how to put a price on replacement cost, it's absolutely critical that... Um, you're working with a broker to get accurate estimates of replacement cost because under insurance um, is going to be 
a significant problem for a lot of people recently impacted by floods as well. I'd like to explore specifically off the back of the, the recent weather event, some of those definitions that might be within mm -hmm. policies. Uh, before we started recording, Paul, you mentioned flood cover um, is a requirement that every yeah. insurer has to offer. Can you expand on yeah, that sure. and just explain that a little more? After the 2011 um, Bruce Wind floods, right, um, that was the, the trigger for governments to say, well, this has got to be mandatory flood yes. cover yes. in all policies. And it, and it is. However, you'll get one insurer who has to offer flood has to offer flood cover, but their premiums are that exorbitant. We did one where a 600,000 rebuild was 29,000 to insure the house. Well, wow. who's going to do that? Who can afford to yeah. do who's that? Who's going to afford that? Yeah. So though, that, you know, people say, oh, I'm not doing that. You know, even several thousands, a lot of money That's right. to pay for a, a, a house to rebuild that's under a million dollars. Yes. So you've really got to dig into the market to find an insurer that's going to cover the property for a reasonable price. And that's what we do. But, you know, there, there again, I mean, it's if, you, if you're going to purchase a, poly, poly, a, a property in that area, you've got to be extremely careful that you factor in the insurance costs. You can see why people don't pay that premium. You just said oh, yeah. twenty nine, so thirty thousand dollars a year. Oh, yeah. Ten years later, that's half that house that you just said for six hundred thousand. Exactly. So you can see why people then go, "Oh, well, look, I'll just save the money and I'll take that risk." Mm. Um, it is a big risk to take, but you can see why people. Some people will think that way as you're well. Dead. You're dead right, Scott. And people have got to eat rather than rather than pay their insurance. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned um, as well is that doing your due diligence up front before you actually buy the property is absolutely yes. critical. I think that that's something that we always, um, you know, highlight for clients. If you are in any type of um, flood impacted area, there's different overlays that may trigger increased insurance costs here in, in Brisbane. It's actually really important to get some advice up front before you buy, because if you've purchased a property, especially um, without conditions and unconditional purchase, and then you later find out that the insurance premiums on that policy or on that property are um, outside of your affordability, then, you know, you haven't had a choice in assessing that risk. Callum, before we started recording, you were talking about a situation here in Brisbane where, you know, um, a client had sought some cover through you and it was a flood impacted property. Can you share that story with our listeners? Because I think that's really relevant for property buyers to understand. Yeah, so it's quite a sad story I believe because this particular client they've been searching for a home for over a year and they finally got down to a home in Oxley where it was up for auction and they they won and they were very happy about that ready to move into their house in about probably a couple of weeks time from now um, and they came to us asking for some quotes and one of our reports and I went to the market and I've looked First thing we do is check the flood mapping, mm -hmm. yes. and it was in Oxley. It's in one of the first streets to flood in Brisbane, and it's in 2011. The flood height was about 9.2 meters wow. on that particular property. So instantly knew that it was going to be hard to find cover for that particular one. And out of all insurers I went to, one came back. It was 29,000 for the year. 29,000 dollars. Wow. And I went back to them and I said, look, this is, I've been to all the insurers that we can go to and they've come back and said, basically, they don't want to do it. Mm. Wow. So if you can find any cover at all that has flood, 
I would put it on right now. Mm. And I believe they did find some some kind of cover with a direct insurer that they put on just because in, in Queensland you have to have cover on from 5pm the next business day once you've signed the contract. Yes. And then this two days after I told them that, the flood happens and the, they sent through pictures and the flood waters are up to the roof, two storeys. Now, that's horrific. Um, they purchased at auction, is that right? Yes. So you're purchasing unconditionally. Um, and, yes, the risk of the property uh, becomes the buyer's responsibility from 5 p.m. the day after a contract is entered into. So the damage as a result of that flood event, even though they had not settled on that property, became the buyer's responsibility. Yes. So absolutely, um, you know, critical that buyers get all of their ducks in a row effectively before they buy and seek out those quotes yes. before they actually commit to a purchase. Exactly. Um, especially, you know, when events like this can happen at any time and they can be so unpredictable. So so with insurance, is there, is there a difference in the, in the um, let's say, the, the, the wet <laughs> type of insurance? So is there a difference between a flood and a storm type yes. of insurance? So in 2011, the flood definition used to be the rise and fall of a natural waterway now they change that because obviously there's canals man-made and um, dams and things like that so they've changed it now to the covering of normally dry land by water that's escaped or been released from things like lakes rivers creeks reservoirs canals and dams mm -hmm. and then so if your property's not in an area where there is a creek or a river or a dam or a canal and we saw it we've seen this many times in the past couple of weeks with the amount of rain we just had yeah there's properties that aren't near those natural waterways and the water's just so much water at once that it just there was, the drainage wasn't sufficient and it just ended into these properties now that's not classified as flood because it's it's rainwater it's runoff so mm. if if those properties in those areas didn't have flood cover, which is unlikely because yeah, not they're not in that area. area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They should be able to get cover pretty yeah. easily there. Well, it would be covered. It's it would be covered, covered under the under the normal storm, storm event. Storm yes. event. Yeah. Defined events, that would be covered. Yeah. So that's important to understand <clears throat> what those definitions are within a policy as well. And I Definitely. guess reading the pds is what we're all told to do it's a huge document there's so much information there's a lot of technical jargon it's very hard for the consumer to really um, understand and i guess another benefit of working with a broker is you can just make that um, easy for the consumer to understand what they are covered for what they're not and in the event that there's a catastrophe like we've just had um, you know if people are impacted they reach out to their broker and they actually get clear information about you know, you'll be protected under this part of the policy. We can handle that for you as opposed to just being so unsure and waiting for the insurer to turn up to make their assessment themselves. Do you know, Melinda, that um, under the Insurance Act of 73, insurers, it's illegal for insurers to give advice? I did not know that. There you go. <laughs> and, they, and they can't. Right. And the Insurance um, Agents and Brokers Act of uh, 1984 uh, highlighting agents represent the insurer, so they're out of the game, right? Yes. And there's hardly any agents anymore, anyway. Mm. Like a Suncorp agent, mm. for example. Okay. They're gone. Yes. So advisors and brokers like us, we're the only ones who are qualified to give advice. Yes. Okay. So 
um, when you deal direct with an insurer, um, you have to understand the PDS right. or, the, or the insurance contract. Yep. And if you don't, buyer beware, right? Correct, yes. So, and there are hundreds of different contracts. Insurance companies have different layers of, of cover. Mm -hmm. They have their, I, I call them ABC covers, right? You know, their worst cover, their middle cover, and their best cover. Of course, we wouldn't, we wouldn't uh, advise the, the worst cover yeah. because we give personal advice, yeah. right? Mm, mm. And that's very, very important. People don't even know that. Mm. People don't know that at all. And I think with insurance, it's one of those things that people just think it's it's a bit of a pain, it's an inconvenience, it's a cost, might not even yes. need that. They're trying to save some money. Evil. It I is guess. a necessary evil. And I guess until you need it, um, it is an inconvenience and I think it's a change change of our mindsets that is required, especially when we're purchasing such huge assets. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars worth of real estate and people are trying to get the best deal effectively to ensure such a high value asset. So I think the important um, thing to take away from this is um, under insurance is you know, a really big problem. And unless you're working with a broker that's giving that personal advice, the asset, um, you know, the value of that asset could decline rapidly if you can't rebuild that asset because you are underinsured. So it's absolutely critical critical to get the advice upfront and that advice should come before you buy, yeah. not after you buy. So you mentioned earlier, um, Paul, about people getting those going directly to, to insurance. And obviously there's all those terms, conditions and everything yeah. else that people don't tend to read they look at the price and see the cheapest one and that's, that's probably what they go for that's it what insurance fine print is there that um, property owners probably need to be aware of well there's two types of covers there's what we call in the insurance game the defined events cover which is your basic yeah you know storm tempest all that blah blah, blah. and then we have the the contract of insurance we call accidental damage cover mm -hmm. now that's the broadest cover you can buy it covers things like for example, if you drop the TV, you're moving a four, three, four thousand dollar TV. A lot of people have them these days. Yeah. Mm. Move it to another room and you drop it. History. It's covered under an covered. accidental damage policy, right? Mm. Under defined events, no accidental damage. Yeah. It goes on and on and on. People don't realise that their contents outside the home's covered in an accidental damage policy. The good ones, like Callum and I do, is like have that you can take all of your property Australia wide or uh, in New even Zealand, overseas, up to 180 days. 180 days. That's right. And we had yeah. one client. Oh, would have been five years ago. Now he went to. I'm pretty sure it was Thailand, and he didn't have travel cover, travel insurance, and he was in his hotel. And he came back, and his Rolex was gone. Ooh. And he came back, and he said, "Oh, my Rolex was stolen. I didn't have travel insurance." And we said, well, "Hold on, you got." contents cover away from your home so we ended up claiming that okay. through his policy because it was within the 180 days from when he left and wow. the insurer paid for his new watch so he was very happy about that that's that's just the, one of the benefits one of hundreds yeah, yeah. Of course. what so, about your car gets broken into yeah. and you've got 10 or 50 you've got your laptop and you've got you know this that people carry around five to ten grand's worth of stuff mm. you know sometimes you know and sunglasses can cost Mm. Four or five hundred bucks. That's not something people would normally think about. No, that but having that, that type of cover. Absolutely. <clears throat> and then if you can buy that type of contract for what they're paying, yeah, for a defined events or a basic cover, well, it's a no-brainer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. 
And it's just, it's eye-opening for me even listening to, to this because, you know, I'm guilty as well. We pay our insurance policies. We, we renew that. Um, we, we probably don't take the time to really understand all of, you know, exactly what's covered. And I think people only go there when they've got an event that happens um, to see, oh, am I covered, am I not? We really should be thinking, changing our mindset, understanding what we are covered for. It gives us more peace of mind. Um, certainly something that we probably need to think about ourselves, Scott. So I think so. We probably need to read the terms and conditions a bit more. <laughs> What's included and excluded. Um, and I wouldn't have known that, as that one last point you said. You know, obviously we haven't travelled a lot lately with COVID, but bring the travel back, I think, and, and having that sort of comfort, knowing that you're covered up even when you travel sometimes is actually a good do, thing. Do you know that 30% of claims happen outside the home? Right. 30%. And people, people, this is a big one, is that liability cover in your home contents, right? It's a straight away. Right. So that you go to the beach, you dig a hole, and someone, you know, your kids dig a hole in the, in the sand, someone trips over and sues you because you shouldn't have dug the hole, your home contents liability cover will cover that. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, There's millions of things. There's hundreds. Yeah. Mm. That's why working with a broker is going to help to, um, to get clarity over that, yeah. and that's what we're recommending here today. So all insurers have to cover flood going forward. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So or just on that point, they did make it mandatory for insurers to include flood in your policies. But as we've seen, because they're including the mandatory flood, they're just saying, no, we're not going to write your insurance. We're not going to give you cover there because that risk is out of our, our guidelines. And how do they assess the risk? So you mentioned Ollie about the yeah. flood reports and things like so that. So they engage third-party um, companies that have their data and their analytics on floods, and then they also rely on the local council's flood mapping, yeah. and they have their own databases from previous floods or events where they keep track of which areas they were most affected in, and they'll compile all that data and they'll they'll say, okay, for this particular area or risk the premium has to be X amount because these are all the factors that we've accounted for. And it's not a suburb level risk or a street level risk, in fact. Um, we talked earlier, it's, it's actually a yeah. property level risk. So they used, to, they used to write suburb, they used to rate it on the suburb. And then they've recently, over the past few years, they've just they've gone in and they're rating them individually because you might have a house, for example, that's in Wilston, one house floods, and one house is seven, eight streets back, and it's nowhere near it. So it's mm. a bit unfair on that person to be paying a premium for a flood risk when they're nowhere near it. Mm. So, And it's interesting. We've talked in past podcasts about um, historically in Brisbane, socioeconomic status, if you like, was determined by elevation rather than distance to the CBD. And I think with more events like this, more frequent events occurring, we can see why within some of our most premium locations, we do have so many properties that are at risk of flood and then other properties that might be elevated in the same suburb yes. that would have no flood risk whatsoever because they're on the top of the hill with a you know uninterrupted city view. So it's good to hear that there's not postcode level or suburb level uh, policies in terms of you know assessing flood risk and it does come down to a per property level. It's interesting, not probably insurance side of it, but you know, we did a, um, a little bit of a search the other day and we looked at a section in Brisbane 
and it had the um, the character homes and the older homes, so the old Queenslander homes, yeah. and they were where they were, and then we put the flood overlay on it, mm. and none of the old houses were in that flood overlay. Yeah, it's funny about that. It's all <laughs> newer houses that we've come, we've built river views, and yeah. you know we want to be by the river, and, we want, and they're all the ones getting flooded. So Absolutely. they were quite smart years ago, I think. Absolutely. What, one thing people really need to know is there's two parts of a policy, right? They run the PDS out in their millions, right? That's just your standard contract of insurance. What drives what you get in that contract is the schedule of insurance, right? Mm. So you say to the insurer, I want half a million cover, I want this, that, mm. and that's the sum insured on the schedule that you get in that particular section of the policy, right? Now, if they're going to exclude flood, right, which they can do, right, in certain areas they can say we've got an option, right? They have to include it, but they then sneakily say we'll give you an option, right? If they say come back to you and say, well, there's your quote for non-flood and there's your quote with flood, right? Mm. Now, they have to put on the schedule exclusion, flood is excluded, right? So you can be very careful to read your, sure. your, your schedule of insurance, which drives what you get in the contract. That's very good advice um, for people. So don't just rely on the PDS. Rely, look at the schedule. Yeah. That's what you're actually paying for, and that's specific to your individual policy. So is that, is that probably one of the most common exclusions you see with insurers? Oh, this look, what we do as insurance advisors is we read the exclusions on a PDS first. And then we read the exclusions that the insurance company is going to put on that particular risk. Right. And they can just pull an exclusion in there. And if you don't have the right, if you don't read the entirety of the whole thing and understand it, well, then you might have a very unfortunate scenario where you think you're covered and you're not. I think that's the point. Um, very valid point. Um, a lot of people don't understand what they are reading, so they don't know what they look for, yeah. whereas having representation by an advisor you know what to look for you know you know the areas that you need to check first and foremost before you'd send that on to the consumer so and, and their property is uninsurable you think oh many yeah many um, and going forward like lismore um callum told yeah. me the other day that two out of three houses could be demolished yeah. in lismore i mean that whole town i can remember 20 years ago they built a levy right and they thought that'd be it well, it went several feet over the levee. The whole town was destroyed. Gimpy's another one. Gimpy's flooded. I've had clients there over the last 30 years and it just floods every two, three, four years. Well, that last one, that was the worst. Yeah. I mean, the whole town nearly went under and mm. surrounding areas. So there'll be a lot of that. So also with the uninsurable homes or properties, after the 2011 flood, we already saw insurers were scared to write or they didn't want to do it at all because they now they have the mandatory flood in their policies. So we're already seeing for, for example, that house in Oxley, that I was trying to get quotes for that before this flood had occurred and not, none of the insurers wanted to do it and only one came back with 29,000. So after this flood we just had as well, it's... They'll reassess mm, their yeah, risk. they're not going to get any better. They're not going to get any better. No, no. So... Um, your company, father-son business, Australian-owned? Yeah. We're Australian-owned. I mean, I've been broking for uh, 35 years. Yeah. I worked for Cedric, the biggest brokers in the world back then, you know. And after five years, I, I broke out in my own um, business. And I'm delighted to have Callum join me now in the last several years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we give good advice and we represent the client. 
What's the, be- what's the best way to get in touch if people want to talk about insurance? Well, Callum knows all that. He knows all about the website. <laughs> he set it up. So. <laughs> yeah, so we just recently launched a new website specifically for home and contents and landlords and also we help with business insurance and that's burstosbrokers.com.au. Um, that's B-U-R-S-T-O-W-S. And you just go on there. We have... You can go straight on. There's a button right at the front that says click here, get your free report. You put in your details, it comes straight to us and we'll get in contact and we'll send the report out to you within a few days. And that includes your building replacement estimate, policy comparison table. So we get the top eight insurers. We read through their entire PDS. We don't want you to do that because they're 60, 70 pages long each and they're all confusing. Yep. So I put in a table with ticks and crosses. This insurer doesn't cover that. So you can just look at it. It's right there. And then you also got your flood flood risk and all the quotes are included. So it's very extensive and I'm pretty proud of what we've done with that. So- Sounds like an excellent thing for anybody to do, whether you are already a property owner and you're wanting to understand what good cover might look like for you, whether you're looking to buy, um, whether you've just purchased. Um, I think there's so many people that are underinsured, as you've pointed out with the statistics that you've shared. Um, Reach out to Callum and Paul at Burstow's Brokers to get one of those free reports. Um, They're more than happy to help you. I think it's a smart move as well. So... Look, um, I will let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks, guys, for coming in, Calvin and Paul, and I really appreciate it. Hopefully that was helped for everyone, some good knowledge and some good tips. Um, As usual, I'll let Melinda wrap it up, and um, we'll be in contact next week. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Thank you so much, Paul and Calvin, for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. It's been our absolute pleasure and I hope that the information that we've been able to share adds so much value to those people that are listening. Um, There's lots of gold nuggets in there for people to take away and um, I'm sure that there's going to be something that people will think about and act upon. Um, As always, if you are enjoying our content, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Tell us what you're enjoying most. Um, We always like to ensure that we are providing relevant information for our listeners. Um, And don't forget to just share this episode with one person who you think might benefit from hearing this information about insurance, and we would really appreciate that. Uh, We hope you have a fabulous week, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.